Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302, Lion Air Flight 610, and the Boeing 737 MAX 8 debacle. Thanks for listening. There we go. There we go. Perfect. Little... Our listeners will never know how many times we have to send the link. <laughs> 98 times. 98 times. Approximately. Gives us time to warm up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so today we're talking about, as you know, two plane crashes. Yes. And the Boeing 737 MAX in general. Yes. So I do want to just say before we kind of dive in. Yeah. Normally, how we do this, as you know, Casey, normally how we do this is typically I am pretty surprised about the stories. Like, I don't look anything up before. I don't. It's a completely natural reaction, just as some of our listeners probably have never heard of some of these, and especially going forward. Um, But today is going to be a little bit different because we are talking about the actual airplane itself. A little bit more in depth so i've done a little bit of research and kind of spoiled the the plane crashes for myself um, but that way you can add so much knowledge right i am a professional um researcher and yeah i think that's fair yeah. that sounds true totally i um i'm not gonna say this these plane crashes are low-key spoiled for everybody yes right yeah because this is you know the biggest massive aviation. deal yeah it it's like, like pisses me off to no end though i will say yeah no we're both enraged Oof. so that's gonna come out yeah 100 percent. i feel enraged and confused and surprised yes yep yeah yeah i mean we'll get into it <laughs> we'll get into so much like okay. well there is so the what I was gonna do is talk about like the history of the seven three seven max a little bit, kind of go through that, and um, please feel free to like bop in anytime. Awesome, um, and then talk about the actual crashes, and then further discussions. Yes, so, perfect. Yeah, so the seven three seven, right? Everybody, if you've flown, you've probably been on a seven three seven. Um, they are the most popular plane ever created. Yeah. Um, they've been flying since 1967. Long time. Long time. Super old plane. Everyone's been on one. It's a single aisle aircraft. Yeah. So, you know, mid-range, whatever. So, super common. Everybody flies them. That's why they come up in our plane crash stories so much. Not because historically they weren't like horrible planes. Right. Um, but they Just are very common. common. Yeah. So... The 737 is a, it's a Boeing 737. So all of those seven ones are Boeing, right? Boeing 747, 777, all of those. So Boeing's only real competition. There are other people out there making planes, but the only real competitors at the top of the like aviation aircraft market uh, for commercial planes um, are Boeing and Airbus. Yes. So... Uh, so you do not have to know the difference between these types of planes. You don't have to be able to spot the difference. It's totally fine. Yeah. All you need to know 
is that uh, Airbus, an Airbus A320 is the comparable aircraft to a Boeing 737. And an Airbus A320 is taller. (laughs) And unfortunately, the fact that 30 years ago, Airbus made their version of this plane taller Mm. is really what led to all this. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) So an Airbus uh, A320, right, is like a 737. It's a really popular aircraft. Lots of plane, lots of um, airlines use them, and they uh, they're, they're they're just incredibly comparable in every way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in 2011, Boeing was actually thinking about discontinuing the 737. They were like, "said been a good run, most popular plane ever, but we'll, we'll do like a ground up." Um, we will make a new plane like this, but from the ground up. We'll do a total redesign. It'll be a brand new plane. Won't that be nice? Everyone will love it. <laughs> but at the same time, Airbus says, hey, we put brand new, super powerful, ultra energy efficient, giant <laughs> engines on our Airbus A320. So we have a brand new giant engine. They called it the Neo, right? Mm. And so it's the same plane with an infinitely more energy efficient, fuel efficient, more powerful engine under the wing, right? Right. And American Airlines said, we love it. We'll take 200 of them. And Boeing said, wait, 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 wait. we will do the same thing we'll do exactly the same thing just give us half the order we'll do exactly the same thing we'll put a better we'll take the 737 we'll put a better engine on it we'll give it to you it'll be so great give us half the order just like with no actual like they didn't consult engineers they didn't talk to anybody before it was just like a natural right right, it doesn't exist it was like a response to capitalism essentially not to get into that too much but like literally is what it was like we can't lose this order or we can't have this other person make all this money like we need at least half of it here's our version of that plane but it didn't exist except it doesn't exist right exactly so there is no such plane um but they dive in and um american airlines goes like okay you got it uh so going back to that idea that an airbus is taller Okay, you can fit a bigger engine. So both of these aircraft have uh, the the engines are mounted on the wings, underneath the wings. So you, mm-hmm. an Airbus is taller, so you can put a bigger engine underneath the wing. Right. Uh, seven three seven is a little short guy comparatively, and you cannot. Stubby. Right. You physically cannot fit the bigger engine under the wings. It's not possible. Yeah. And there's no way to. Um, make the landing gear any taller so it's not going to happen so they promised this someone has paid for and ordered these planes that do not exist yeah. so they're trying to figure it out they can't they're like you know whatever with their friggin' legos trying to figure out how to do it and then they take uh they think like okay 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 we'll bring it forward we'll bring the whole engine forward on each uh, wing and we'll p- lift it up yeah right Mm. and what that does is it 
it it's worth looking at a picture of this yes. if you have any interest definitely worth looking at, uh, at uh, an image of what it looks like because yeah. by bringing the wing forward and lifting it up the top of the engine actually lifts up above the wing mm-hmm. so it's actually sitting like just the top of it is sitting just above i don't know what would, how would you describe it like a sunrise over a yeah field? that's exactly what it is it's just like peeking over the the wing right and i think also what helped me really understand this is watching uh like a video simulation of mm-hmm. like the flight paths mm-hmm. of how it, it and like the difference between the two and how the the boeing aircraft like clearly it it like it doesn't even look like it should be like that looks like a fake plane like yeah I the mean, way that the engine is set up on the wing right it looks it looks like a normal plane with a different engine slapped onto yes. it in the wrong place yes exactly right? like, that is exactly what it looks like so they fit the engine under the wing right but there's a problem so for different aerodynamic reasons right i don't understand them enough to explain them simply (laughs) enough to make it like super clear to anybody who's brand new but what happens is if you imagine when the plane takes off we talked about this a little bit with other crashes i'm sure we'll keep returning to this concept Mm. Um, but like stall and how one of the during a flight the most likely time to stall would be on takeoff right so stall is when you're not going forward quickly enough not enough air is passing over the wings to create lift so an example that I saw that I found really helpful was um, if you've ever like stuck your hand out the window when you're like driving down the highway or whatever and um, yeah so what you're feeling there is exactly what's happening with uh, when you are uh, in a plane right so your hand you put your hand out flat and the air passes beneath and above your hand and you can feel like it it holds your hand up right So if the car slows down or stops, your hand just falls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because there's no longer enough air passing over your hand quickly enough for your hand to be supported by literal air. Exactly. Right. That's a great analogy. Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to make sense. Yeah. Well, that is the funny thing about this because, like, as I'm reading all of these articles, there's at least, like, a giant chunk of every single article that I'm just like, man, not going to read that because I don't get it. (laughs) Just, like, the, the, like, aerodynamics of it all. I'm just like, yeah, G-Force, great. (laughs) (laughs) There's a part that I'm going to fully read yeah like i'm gonna read there's later when we're talking about one aspect i'm just gonna read it verbatim because i don't want to mess it up yeah yeah no exactly because i don't understand it well enough to know if i messed it up right but and it's not that we're incapable of understanding just you know it's just too hard hard sometimes (laughs) (laughs) so um the oh so back to the concept of stall so and the where the engines are and everything so if you are taking off Right. So that's the time where you're going, like you've said before, Mariah, you're literally going from zero to hundreds of miles an hour. Right. And you have a relatively short amount of time on the runway to work up to that speed. Mm -hmm. Right. So as you are taking off, you are trying to, you know, uh, go as quickly as possible so that you have enough 
uh, air begin to flow over and under the wings so that you create lift and you fly up. You also need to go from the ground to, you know, 30, 40,000 feet. So you have to go up while you're trying to pick up speed. And that's not how gravity works, right? right? So you're going up as you're trying to make the plane go faster, right? And you you really needn't worry about this just as a side note when you're on when you're flying in a plane you don't have to think that every time you're taking off your plane is going to fall out of the sky right yeah because this is a problem they're obviously aware of so when the uh when the 737 max right which is what they called the 737 with the new engines on it when it would take off there was a problem where not enough air would be flowing over the wings to create enough lift. Mm. So as the plane, uh, what would happen is the plane would pitch up, meaning that the nose of the plane would lift up, right? And the plane, if the nose of the plane lifts up too sharply, you're fighting gravity too much and you can stall, which again is dangerous. And I think there's a whole other reason why that happens also, but I don't understand it. (laughs) So fair. That's fair. I might, I might consult somebody at some point and like stick a little, uh, like a little interview with someone who understands yeah, it perfect. at the end of this. Yeah. I mean, we love learning new things. Oh, we are not we proficient in the ins no. and outs of aircrafts. Right. I was a passenger service yeah. agent. <laughs> I give you your ticket. And you know more, way more than the average person. So. Oh boy. <laughs> not by the end of this podcast. Yeah. Episode 100. Everyone will know Exactly. Um, so they have a problem where basically what they need to do is it's really important that the nose of the aircraft doesn't pitch up too sharply, right? It, this plane is prone to that. So they need to prevent that, right? So that the plane doesn't stall. So what they do is they create a software called the MCAS system, M-C-A-S. And I wrote down what it stands for. It's the Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, which does not, the name does not provide you with the information you require uh, to know what it is, right? This pissed me (laughs) off the most about this whole story. Oh, yeah. It's, but um, the, so they install this software called the MCAS system. And what it will do is it will push the nose of the plane down uncommanded like the pilot does nothing the plane doesn't tell the pilot it's going to do that it pushes the nose down so that intent the intention is so that the nose doesn't pitch up so sharply that the plane falls out of the sky but this is a software system that will push the nose of the plane down without the pilot being aware that it's going to do that without the pilot commanding it to do that so someone thought that was a good yeah, idea. They literally thought it was a good idea. And I think that there's a lot of, we'll probably talk more about this, but I think there's a lot of reasons why this, it's like they had one problem and they only solved one problem at a time. Yes. So they have one problem. Airbus got a bigger engine under their wings. We need to get a bigger engine under our wings. Okay, we've solved yep. it. Oh, but it has this problem. Okay, well, we'll solve that problem. Gosh. And they didn't look at the big picture. No. One, I will say when I was like, when I was reading, there was um, a really good article in Seattle Times. Um, and yes. they, did you also read that article? I watched an interview with the guy that um, 
the oh perfect did i don't know if they mentioned if he mentioned this in the interview but at one point in the it was pretty early on in the article but he said you know when they were creating these planes the ceo the boeing chairman and ceo um said as a betting man i think that's where we're going to end up meaning they were going to create a new plane like just the flippancy of like as a betting man i guess we'll make a new plane like just so irresponsible right and this that that ceo did not survive i mean he literally survived on like 350 other people exactly he his career did not survive um this whole thing because he was flipped yeah he was i think that a lot of people felt that way i it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine him being flip about it yeah i mean it it feels like gaslighting like surely this man and obviously there's more to the story we don't know everything like you know the media can only cover so much but i don't know what sin is hard yeah but like exactly but i just don't understand how someone could say as a betting man when referring to when being the ceo and a chairman of a company that provides safe travel for billions of people probably right there's so much to say about boeing as a company but they create this software system mcas that will push the nose of the plane down right and then they go around and they you know finish re-engineering the plane in a uh all these different ways so there's two other pieces that you need to understand about aviation so one is that i've mentioned it before but um pilots fly one type of aircraft at a Mm -hmm. time in their professional career commercial pilots you will be like say you work for uh lufthansa and you are a 747 pilot you don't Oh, it's such a good airline. Oh, yeah. gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful oh planes. Well, beautiful 747s, yeah. and it's great to see them. You'll Gotta love them. But <laughs> the best planes. So they, uh, that pilot will only fly 747s unless he's then later retrained on a different aircraft and then certified on that aircraft, and then he will just fly that aircraft. So if you're at the airport, I'm just going to put this out there. If you're at the airport, and they're waiting for crew for your aircraft and you like see another pilot like getting his lunch don't harass that pilot and tell him to come fly your airplane because there's a like don't do it b he may or may not be able to fly that aircraft like it's or and maybe maybe he's physically capable of flying it but he's not certified to fly it or he hasn't flown it and you don't want him to fly that plane or her no you do not want them to to fly that plane i want it to be her but it's always (laughs) yeah exactly we have hope we have hope i love it speaking faith but um so when they're their promise to american airlines to shareholders to everybody is that this is going to be the same plane same plane it'll handle the same way it'll fly the same way it's the same exact plane it's just better on gas that's the promise yeah so they have to really 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 minimize uh the changes so that's the other piece that's going into this as they're problem solving they need to not change it too much so they are promising that it's going to fly the same way as any other 737 and they the mcast system so this is if you're imagining um 
like how does a plane know how fast it's going how does the plane know what the pitch is mm-hmm. how does the pl- like how does the plane know what's going on yeah. how does the plane know if it's going to stall whatever so there are sensors right and they're you know physical like pipes kind of right yeah <laughs> yeah but they're sensors that the air will flow through mm-hmm. right that will tell the plane how fast it's going and there's other sensors that will detect you know pitch and attitude and all of those things mm. so they only put they made the MCAS system dependent on data from one sensor mm-hmm. and I cannot exaggerate how baffling how irresponsible how absurd and like truly out of character I really do want to use that word because yeah every single thing in aviation is redundancy 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 okay yeah do you know why that's a good like, point over and over and over again everything so you get your ticket right when you check in and then you go through and somebody sees your ticket and then you get on the plane and somebody sees your ticket and then when you're physically sitting down someone sees your ticket that's because sometimes you're on the wrong plane okay and you have to get off right (laughs) so and that happens right and when things like that happen it's there's a bunch of people that have to miss something for that to happen and it's not good and in the actual plane it's even it's much much more important that you have redundant safety you know redundant um safety measures redundant safety checks um the pilot will check stuff the uh, co-pilot will check stuff the engineers will check stuff like some everyone is always checking everybody is always okaying everything everyone has to agree on whether something's okay or not so because again these are human lives exactly exactly right and something that i used to say with some frequency to people because like say we're on a maintenance delay right and that can make people scared right they don't like hearing that you're working on the plane right and something that i think everyone said the pilots would say it the flight attendants would say it i would say it It was kind of like the go-to thing to say which is like the pilots are on the plane with you and they want to live they want to go where you're going yeah so the pilots you know have to okay everything before and so that brings us to the next thing which is pilots depend completely on understanding their plane they need to know all of that information they have to have that information in their mind and they have to be able to retrieve it immediately when it's needed yeah exactly so they put this mcas system in it relies on data from a single sensor, which was important because if it had been a dual sensor, if it had been a dual sensor software that that uh, depended on data from two different sensors, which would have been the right thing to do because redundancy is mandatory yeah. in aviation, then the FAA would have said, okay, like that's too big of a change. If it's something that's important enough, they downplayed the effect it, the effect and the importance of the MCAS system because if they said oh yeah this is like a really big change it's important enough of a change that it requires two sensors um, to uh, make it safe to use then the FAA would have said okay well if it's so important that you need two different sensors to make sure that it's um, always functioning properly then that's a too big of a change and you're going to have to have um you're going to have to have pilots retrained, which is right. the last piece of this. So yes. back to that idea that they they fly one kind of aircraft at a time. Retraining pilots to switch aircraft or to fly a new aircraft is wildly 
wildly expensive, very annoying. Um, Pilots are trained in flight simulators and it might. So I don't know if everyone knows like flight simulators cost like a million dollars a piece. Jeez. The flight sim. Yeah. They're extremely expensive because they're exceptionally realistic. Right. And so you and you have to make a flight simulator that is that plane right it's not like there's one simulator and you like select on the screen like okay i want a crj9 or i want a 747 or i want a you know dc10 it's it's like that uh, if you're going to be trained on a brand new 737 a totally different plane you'll have to make a totally different flight simulator Mm. and you'll have to have enough of them and you'll have to have access to them and if you are american airlines you're going to buy your own sensor you're going to buy your own flight simulators but if you're freaking ryanair (laughs) you're going to have to rent it or send your pilots right and every minute that a pilot is in a flight simulator they're not in the sky making you money and so going back to that idea that boeing is promising that this is the same plane Right. Part of what's important about that is that no one will have to be retrained, period. Right. Yeah. That's the idea. It's the same plane. It's just better. Nobody has to get retrained. They'll do this little boop boop on the iPad for training. Right. And they'll build a. Fight. And don't worry about it because the computer is going to be able to sense when this malfunction happens. Except they, they don't, don't tell them about right. it. Right. Right. Exactly. What you're saying is so true. And if they had even said that, if they had been upfront about what the MCAS does, that would have been different, but yeah. they didn't tell the airlines about the MCAS system at all. No. They did not tell them. It was not in the materials when they sent them to them. It was not in the flight manuals. No. It was not on the checklist. It was not told to them at all that this system that pushes the nose of the plane down yeah. without the pilot telling it to, without the pilot knowing, yeah. they just didn't tell anybody. Right. it's it's and this is the part that i really have a hard time understanding because why like what i mean would they do you really think that that system would have required a whole other training manual or like module and all of that other um like necessary pieces and even if it did do it exactly exactly so irresponsible we could just talk so, about that this whole episode about how the pilots didn't know and the airlines didn't know. No, I really think yeah. we should. We should talk like, about like that's that should be the whole second. Yeah, hour, literally. Yeah. Just being like <laughs> three hours but, of just. Oh, they ugh. didn't know. So, so this is like the series of events that um, brought us to the seven three seven Max being released. Mm. Um, and it was delivered to the various airlines who had purchased it. AA had the hundred that they had ordered in 2011 or whatever. And, you know, Lion Air and Ethiopian Air are two of the other airlines that had ordered, you know, brand new, beautiful planes. Yeah. And again, they're promised that they are uh, going to fly exactly like a 737. They don't have to retrain their pilots. They um, gave the pilots literally an ipad training and like mariah have you done training on a computer for your job before has that ever been something you've experienced when i worked at a grocery store called wegmans exactly (laughs) right exactly exactly like talking about health insurance and like nothing that was important for my job 
Right, exactly. We actually, aviation must love these because we had them for Delta mm. and JAL where you have to like do this like recertification. Yeah. And I swear to you, okay, yeah. I don't work. I'm never going to work in aviation again, yeah. obviously. <laughs> okay. So we are definitely not welcome. Uh, we literally would just like write down all the answers and then like boop, yeah. boop, 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 boop. Go yeah, through. same with us. And that's how, right, exactly. Like absurd. Yeah. So the pilots have a little ipad game that they play that tells them like it's the same plane okay have a good time and then and then these are flying all over the world right then pilots are sitting there and flying a plane that they believe to be the same yeah what year uh did they start flying was it in 2019 like did it take almost a decade yeah it it was 2000 i think the end of 2017 is when they first rolled out okay and they started flying like in the air with passengers. Oh. Okay. Right. I think it was the end of 2017. Okay. Or like the second to maybe like the third or fourth quarter, since that's how we're talking about this. Yeah. It's like financial terms. Right. So they're delivered. They're in the air. People are flying them. The pilots, the airlines have no idea that this system exists. Yeah. And the system, just so, to recap, because I know we've kind of been. A little bit all over the place yeah. because the story is so crazy it's a system that basically fixes the flaw because the engines are too big an automatic system that but it fixes so without the, problem, the yeah, pilots so, knowing this is good to recap right. this is a good recap yeah. so this is the mcat system so the the engines are too big they're in the wrong spot essentially So as the plane takes off, what can happen is the nose of the plane can pull up. So if you imagine, if you put your hand out and you imagine your hands the plane, if you imagine like a nice gradual ascent, you know, nice like diagonal line, they're afraid that this, the system, or pardon me, that the plane without the system, the nose will pull up too sharply. And then the plane will be trying to fly straight up into the air, which it cannot do. That's not a thing it can do. And if it tries, it will fall out of the sky, right? (laughs) So... They have a system that pushes the nose of the plane down to keep it on a gradual ascent, yeah. right? That's safe and that will keep the... That's the idea. It's a safety measure. Right. Ironically. To fix... Uh, just... Ugh. To fix just, right. just exactly. expediting a plane that they didn't have. Exactly. Right. To pretend that... That it was fine. That they were capable of yeah. the same thing the Airbus was capable and of. And did not tell the pilots or the air... Uh, airlines about that system that trigger exactly stay tuned for more after the break so on October 28th 2018 there's a lion air line air is an indonesian airline there's a lion air flight flying from bali to jakarta there's three pilots in the cockpit because uh one off-duty pilot is um flying in the jump seat he's just non-revving he's going for like the pleasure of the trip or to go back home or whatever it is he's not actually working can you explain non-revving to the to our lovely yes. listeners 
Non-revving is when it stands for like non-revenue. So a non-rev passenger. I didn't know that it stood for non-revenue. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So a non-revenue passenger is somebody usually, you know, like like we used to be, right? Uh, If you're an employee and you get to fly for free or Mm free-ish, right? For pleasure, it's great. Jump seating is when crew that work in the plane right so either pilots or uh flight attendants they can sit in the jump seat um they can sit like the pilot can sit in the cockpit the flight attendants off duty can sit in the jump seat um and that's really convenient Mm -hmm. for them because there's almost always a jump seat available right so they can go where they're going it's not as comfy but they can do that people who don't work on the plane People who work at the airport, people who work um, maybe office jobs, people who work in ticketing, whatever, they can fly like a passenger, a non-revenue passenger um, for free or for much less than you pay. And we are the bottom of the list. (laughs) You will never lose your seat to a non-rev passenger. Never going to happen. Because the non-rev passenger, as we now know, is not revenue. So the lowest of low. The lowest of the low. No one's lower than a buddy pass. (laughs) Everyone who works in aviation could enjoy that joke. But um, so on October 28th, this flight going from Bali to Jakarta uh, has three pilots, one off duty, two flying in the cockpit. Sorry, is this the Ethiopian one or the Ryanair? Uh, This is Ryanair. Okay, Ryanair. Ryanair. Ryanair is lucky they dodged this bullet. Honestly, yeah. they're, they're lucky they only buy 40-year-old planes. I have Ryanair on the brain because I watched um, an interview with this week that happened, which just made me oh. laugh, but we'll, we, we'll get to it. <laughs> so this flight, October 28th, some people are probably hearing me say this and being like, Casey, you don't do any research. What are you talking about? It was October. It wasn't October 28th. No, yes. listen, on October 28th, yes. this aircraft had a malfunction of the MCAS system while it was in midair, while it was at altitude, right? So not during takeoff, but at altitude, there was a malfunction of the MCAS system. And the pilot who happened to be sitting in the jump seat, he helped the other two pilots figure out what was going on, figure out, well, they didn't really figure it out. But the plane is just nose down, nose down, nose down, and they're pulling it back up. And every five seconds, that's how the MCAS works. Every five seconds, it takes the data. And if it thinks that you're pitching up too high, it'll push the nose down. And again, so the, that, the pilots have no idea why this is happening. None whatsoever. But the third pilot, so having three brains in the in the cockpit, the third pilot turned off the trim i believe is what he did so and it doesn't matter if we'll get to it he he basically flipped a switch that had the uh effect of turning off the mcas system he didn't know why it worked they didn't know why it worked but it worked and then the plane lands safely in jakarta and they report it they say like some weird stuff happening like don't know what that's about and then the next day October 29th, that exact same aircraft, right? Bali to Jakarta, spends the night in Jakarta, wakes up the next day. They load. Let's find it. So they put 189 people 
on board. Eight crew, 181 passengers. Flight number is Lion Air 610. It's a really short flight, like an hour-long, 45-minute flight. It goes to take off, and it crashes into the ocean 13 minutes later. So as they're taking off, within a minute of takeoff, which is not only it's it's the MCAS system is supposed to assist the pilot during takeoff. That's what it was created for. So as they're taking off, the nose is pushing down, down, down while they're trying to keep the plane in the air, while they're trying to fly. The captain took control, which is standard, right? There's something wrong. Captain takes control. The captain uh, the, tells calmly, like, I, the CVR for both of these flights is not available. You can't listen to it. Oh, wow. But everybody agrees. Pilots are super calm. The uh, captain takes control of the plane, tells the first officer to check, like, get the checklist, right? Or the quick reference book. So pilots on every plane have a literal paper book, right? Like an actual physical paper yeah. book that has um, theoretically all the information that we'll need and it has the checklists in it and checklists are exactly what they sound like so if you flip through the book and you find the problem that you're having it'll have a checklist and tell you what to do step yeah. by step by step it's a good little thing to and have on on uh oh my on gosh yeah the best i mean it saves lives and it's what part of what makes right. flying safe and so the captain is a 31-year-old um, Indian man named, I'm going to say Bawi or Bawe. And the first officer is an Indonesian man named Harvino. And that is his whole name. People yes. in Indonesia often only yep. have one name. Harvino. Harvino. Perfect. Love it. There. So the the first officer, most 99% of the flights you ever take, the first officer will be the one flying for takeoff and landing because they need the practice, theoretically, mm. is the idea. They are, uh, as soon as they start to have the problem, the nose starts to push down while they're trying to take off. They don't know why. They didn't tell it to push down. They can't. They don't know what's wrong. The pilot immediately, the captain immediately takes over and calmly tells Harvino to, like, get the quick reference book and to see what he can find they don't know what the yeah. problem is right they know that they're uh that the plane is telling them that they're going to stall they don't have a, they don't understand why the plane would stall it doesn't make sense they don't know why the nose of the plane is dipping down so they're searching through the quick reference book and they're not finding yeah. anything right they're, because there is nothing to be clear the MCAS system is not in the quick reference book. It's not there. So they're searching for something that they've, they're searching for a solution to a problem that they cannot understand. And a lot of the flights we talk about, the pilots, it's extremely difficult to figure out what's wrong, right? It is really difficult. If you think about it, like the, the pilot, if you've ever, maybe you've been on a plane and you've seen the flight attendant come out and like lean over the seat to look out the plane, yeah. out the windows, uh, out the windows. Yeah. Because the pilots can't see the engine. The pilots can't see the landing gear. They can't see the, the wings. They can't see the tail. 
they can only see like that's their wild from i didn't know the... that right i mean it makes sense yeah, there's no like so... rear view mirrors on the side of plane <laughs> <laughs> right but it is kind of a funny because i don't know why like it's the future i don't know why you don't put little cameras yeah, that's there true. for them but just another thing to malfunction to right Ugh. that's mariah you sound truly truly that's yes crazy. i just don't know if you know that i don't know if you know how right you are because the reason they don't put that stuff up because it can yeah. malfunction that's a right. real reason Gosh. so the they uh, again you can't read or hear the cvr for this is there did it say why um, was there it was just like too so a lot of times you're you're really never supposed to be able to read oh. it or see it like pretty much every time it's out it's because it was leaked. oh wow um the other thing is so the cvr is the conversation that's happening in the yeah. cockpit the atc the air traffic control recording those are not private you can look up air traffic control okay so the conversations that the pilots have with air traffic those you can listen to but the cvr anytime where you hear the cvr um and the that's the conversation that's just happening in the cockpit that's always been leaked um maybe in rare occurrences that's not true but is that the little black box okay yep exactly yes so the cvr cockpit voice recorder the um, literal recording of what's being said in the cockpit that is stored in the black box right right so it's stored it's part of the information that's stored in that black box um the other information that's in that black box are uh, flight data right flight Mm -hmm. data recorder you might hear that phrase so the flight data is the speed the altitude the pitch all of that information the plane's taking in goes there so that when they're you know when something does happen and they're reviewing that information that they can see exactly what happened that's how they can see like the angle that planes crash at all of that stuff even if there's no like video of it it's all in the in the black box so according to people who have heard it they said that the two of them a were calm and b uh were only t- every bit of their conversation was about airspeed and altitude, mm-hmm. right? So airspeed and altitude, if you are taking off and you have a stall warning and the nose of your plane keeps going down, that is what you would be paying right. attention to because the plane is telling you it's going to stall and that's all about airspeed and altitude. You know, how much, how far away are we from the earth, A, and B, how fast are we going? Because you have to go at a speed that will allow you to remain airborne. Yeah. So I went back and forth on this because I know that some people are Islamophobic garbage. And if you are, I just Goodbye. don't listen. Don't listen. Bye. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm nope. not sorry at all. Not so sorry these, at all. These actual heroes are yeah. in the cockpit. And again, they were calm, calm, calm. And the very last thing that the at the very, very end, the co-pilot was mm. praying. And so, like, the last thing he said was, like, Alu Akbar. And again, there's horrendous evil twerps who will be like, oh, it was terrible. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. No. So, I'm sure he wasn't the only one praying. I'm sure that you would be praying if you were in the, in the, 
like anywhere on that yeah. plane, you'd be praying. I hope you'd be praying if you were standing on the ground watching it. You know what's crazy is a few articles that I read about this, the question always came up that, and it was phrased like, was this due to pilot error? And I can't even fathom a world where that would be a question considering the circumstance. Like, I was so upset that that was, like, even in the mm-hmm. articles I was reading. Because it was just, right. it's it's insane to even consider that it would be pilot error. Oh, Totally, I totally insane. Agree. And so I do kind of wonder if that has anything to do with it. Maybe not. I mean. I know that Boeing, Boeing was, like, instantaneously, like, pilot error. Boeing was extremely And again, quick. like, fuck off so Boeing, that- like, to be honest yeah oh god but so the the plane they struggle to keep it in the air they're talking about airspeed they're paying attention to the information that they have available they don't know what's actually happening or why it's happening and finally the plane did crash into the ocean and Another layer of this is, so you got Islamophobia, you got racism, you got thinking that third world countries don't matter. So one of the things that was really immediately said was like, oh, Indonesia doesn't have a good air safety record. It was probably pilot error. You know, the pilot's 31, like probably his fault. So that Boeing was very quick. And there is another thing where there's, so there's the litigious legal side of an aircraft uh, an aviation accident investigation and there's the like ntsb side the um side that like the the ntsb is the national transportation safety bureau so the ntsb um did not like they're not the people uh, doing the investigation in indonesia obviously but i'm using them as as the example right so there's a rule um for the NTSB and in a lot of different countries they have this rule that the report that's created by whatever the federal national agency is cannot be used in litigation. So you're not allowed to if you say it was pilot error in the NTSB people can't then sue the pilot or and you can't uh, like jail the pilot based solely on that evidence. You're not allowed to use that as evidence against mm. the pilot. You're not allowed to use it as evidence against. So that's well. That's probably a, a good thing, thing, considering that they immediately blamed the pilot and they knew full exactly. well no, that it wasn't the pilot's fault. So that's the other piece of this. So after this happened, Boeing said, "Like, oh, it looks like it was a malfunction of the MCAS system," and like, ev- not that we're taking credit for it because, like, not that we're taking the blame rather. So they said that, and everybody's like, "What's yeah. the MCAS system?" what's the MCAS system and they're like oh it's you didn't you remember we told you about it that really is basically what they did so then they told everybody about it but they didn't provide uh, again they didn't provide training they didn't provide information that was needed they just said like oh well yeah it's there and this is how you disable it but again it's very important that the pilots don't get actually retrained yeah. right and because it was in indonesia because it was in indonesia because they have a poor safety record because uh, additionally because the investigation was still ongoing okay. so the investigations the investigation took an entire year right so that plane crashed in october 20 uh october 29th 2018 the report was released october 29th 2019 those investigations take right. a long time 
So while people are like just wondering, I guess, so what's the MCAS? Boeing is still downplaying the importance, still downplaying the role that it played in the crash, still um, giving the impression that it's not something that anyone really needs to worry about. And again, God, people trust Boeing. You trust them. So then, especially this plane. I mean, it's been in the air for, I mean, not this exact plane, obviously, because of the new like upgrades, but to everybody else, it's the same exact plane, just better. Exactly. And it's been in the air for 50 years. Great. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, every one of these pilots has been flying a 737 for most of their career. Like this is, they, they are told it's the same plane and it, again, from the inside is the same plane. The difference is, or the differences are mostly minor. The engines are different and the friggin' MCAS system yeah. they didn't know about. So then a few couple months later, four months later, maybe. So March 10th, 2019, the Ethiopian air uh, flight 302 is flying from Addis Ababa to Nairobi. There are eight crew and 149 passengers, so 157 people on board. So again, I'm just going to restate, this is on top of the 189 people who are on board the Lion Air flight. So this is March. Uh, This is, you know, four months later, approximately, uh, after the November, December, January, (laughs) February, March. So, yeah, Yeah. four or five months, depending on your cabinet. So the after this, so the MCAS system is like out there, but there's still not anything about it in the quick reference book. There's still not anything about it in their training. They haven't been retrained on it. They're not told how they, they, they there's information that's out there, but there's not enough information or training. And the other piece of it is the, the system is still dependent on a single sensor. Yeah. And right, nothing's I, changed. I guess in case I, nothing's changed, right? There's been minimal information provided, right? So to just restate this, the reason if there's a single sensor and it's depending on data from a single sensor to make this big decision to push the nose of the plane down one sensor can malfunction your car my car every car anyone's ever owned the stupid o2 <laughs> sensor goes on it right and so then your stupid check engine light is on and Off, you can't get yeah. it you can't get it yeah you can't get your car inspected at a <laughs> reputable place and just because the sensor is broken the actual item isn't broken so what that means if there's one sensor that the plane's brain is depending on for this information if that one sensor malfunctions then like you're stuck like it will act on faulty information so the pilots of this plane mariah you've got yared 29 oh my god just like nine year old just like Carlos, just like Carlos. Not no one's ever gonna beat Carlos no. for experience. No, no one but, ever will. No, but Yared, twenty nine years old. He's the youngest captain mm. at Ethiopian, the youngest captain, and he's there in the cockpit with little Ahmed. And Ahmed has three hundred. No, hours. 
Ahmed just graduated from Ahmed. He just graduated from Academy. He's 25. No. No. Like, these are straight millennials flying this plane. I'm very... Younger than us. Again, not pilot error because Boeing sucks. But, dear God. (laughs) Oh, no, I know. So, so... Ethiopian Air Flight 302 takes off, and this is where I'm going to kind of start to read from. Let's find it. Okay. So, I'm going to, so, sorry. So, uh, Ethiopian's Flight 302 is preparing to take off from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. It's flying to Nairobi. And I am going to just read this section because, again, there's some details in here that for people who know a lot about aviation might be very interesting. And hopefully it won't. I don't think it's if if none of this, if a piece of this doesn't make sense, like, yeah, don't exactly. Worry about it. <laughs> and what's the sorry, what's the source? But... Yay. Wikipedia. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's OK. <laughs> Well, no, it's fine. Okay, yeah. Source myself. No, I like. I actually. I don't know. People say they don't like Wikipedia. I don't know why. But I. It's, I don't know why either, and it's well sourced. Yeah, I got. Itself. I mean, I don't know so about you, like but I got through grad school using Wikipedia. Oh, I don't. I literally don't believe no. anyone who says they didn't. I That's think where you get lying. your sources. Listen to two it two is. strong First, independent women who have their master's degrees, and thrived in in grad school. But anyways. Thrive. We, I don't know, I, I, I receive humbly your compliment <laughs> to say that we thrived because it, it surely didn't feel did like not. Time, but it surely did not. <sighs> okay, flight zero two is a scheduled international passenger flight from Addis Ababa to Nairobi. The skip this. Okay, so one minute into the flight. The first officer, acting on instructions of the captain, reported a flight control problem to the control tower. Two minutes into the flight, the plane's MCAS system activated, pitching the plane into a Great. dive toward the ground. So it didn't push it down a little bit. It pushed. I read somewhere else it was 40 degrees. Yeah, 40 this was dive. the simulation dive. that I watched. It's insane. Oh. Oh. The... Pilots struggled to control it and managed to prevent the nose from diving further, but the plane continued to lose altitude. The MCAS then activated again, dropping the nose even further down. The pilots then flipped a pair of switches to disable the electrical trim tab system, which also disabled the MCAS software. However, shutting off the electrical trim system they also shut off their ability to trim the stabilizer into a neutral position with the electrical switch located on their yokes the only other possible stabilizer was located opposite to the elevator strong aerodynamic forces were pushing on it as the pilots had inadvertently left the engines on Full takeoff mm. power, which caused the plane to accelerate at a high speed. There was further pressure on the stabilizer. The pilot's attempts to manually crank oh the God. stabilizer, a literal manual crank, back into the position failed. So they used, again, we talk about redundancies. So they had to turn off the thing that would do this automatically. They're trying to do it with the redundant system, the manual system, and it failed. This plane is four months old. 
The pilot's attempts to manually uh, crank the stabilizer back into position failed. So what's happening here again, so I'll come back to it. So three minutes into the flight. So one minute, two minutes, three minutes into the flight with the aircraft continuing to lose altitude and accelerating beyond the safety limits. So as a side note, planes can't just go however fast at a certain speed, they will begin to literally break up in the air. The, it's it's finite, like everything else. Like, yeah, it only takes so much. You can only right, take so much. Right. I can only take so much. It will. So they're they're going so fast. And again, dipping up and yeah. down, up and down three minutes <laughs> after takeoff, three minutes after takeoff. They're dipping up and down. They're going so fast that the plane is literally in danger of starting okay. to break apart. The captain instructed, so friggin' Yared, 29, instructs the first officer, Ahmed, 25, to request to request permission from air traffic control to return oh, to the airport. Permission was granted, and the air traffic controller diverted other approaching flights. Following instructions from air traffic control, they turned the aircraft east, and as they turned the aircraft east, it rolled God. to the right. I want you to picture this in your mind. So it rolled to the right. The right wing came to point straight oh my down God. so now the plane is and here's the thing again going back to this like idea that like air has to be right. moving over the wings in order for the plane to maintain lift so if you suddenly are up and down with your left wing uh pointed straight up and your right wing pointed straight down then you do not have again no. you can't there's no lift if you take your hand and you if you turn it up when you're uh sticking out the window when you're driving in a car right. it'll just fall down so the at 8:43, the having struggled to keep the plane's nose from diving further by manually pulling the yoke, the captain asked the first officer to help him and turn the electrical trim system okay. back on in the hopes that it would allow him to uh, to level the plane. So it's just in the air on its side. The aircraft. It's in Jeez. the air on its side. It's in the air. It's in the air roll to the side the pilot asks for help and it means help physical help pulling so he turned the system back on that that controls trim which trim is how um the mm. plane is leveled right trim is the plane you know yeah. like nice straight level it, it, what it literally means is if the plane is trimmed you don't have to do anything to keep it right. flying straight and level and this thing is like an so actual now, wheel isn't it i think i read that somewhere the, the crank the yeah crank thing that they were trying to use that is a wheel but so that so the having the trim on right they there's a the trim system the automatic trim system and the MCAS are all like one okay. system, right? So they turned off the trim system to disable the MCAS. The MCAS is making right. them dive to the ground. They turn it off. But when they turn it off, the plane is already like rocked yeah. and out of control because of the MCAS system. So now the plane, because they don't have the trim stabilizer, the plane won't continue to fly right. straight and level. So it's it's rolls as they turn to try oh, to come gosh. back to the airport. It rolls. They ask for help manually pulling the yoke because again, so trying to pull the plane to level it again. The there's like you mentioned, G's, <laughs> like the physical force that they have to exert onto the yoke in order to try to pull it and right the plane is so intense. He asks for help, and the plane 
Yeah. And that's it. The plane crashed. The plane disappeared from radar six minutes after takeoff. It hit the ground at 700 miles an hour. The, the speed of sound is like 767, right? Like they, they, and they're not at altitude, right? This is all happening right. close to the ground. The, like the intense white yeah. hot speed that they finally just hit the ground. And it was, it was like, it was and ground. They weren't over any water or anything. It was, it was ground. They, they crashed in a mm. farm field. So they, they crashed in a field um people i think most of us have seen the pictures so the the line air flight crashed yeah. into the sea so i will say that the line air crash it the connection with the water they hit the water so fast that it dispersed the like it just i wrote it down but I, I can't find it but it dispersed the wreckage over the like this massive like a hundred kilometers or something just this like massive field so the plane you know it just disintegrated essentially and the that's when everybody realized no these planes yeah. should not be in the air. A brand new, two brand new planes should not crash no. four months apart. It's unheard of. Especially unheard considering of. all of the things that we've already said 10,000 times. That it wasn't even, it wasn't, right. to everyone's knowledge, it wasn't a new plane. Like the model, I mean. <laughs> they were no, exactly, like, exactly. recently no, built, absolutely. obviously. Right, right. Two, uh, two seven three sevens don't crash right, every right. four months. So that is, those are, the stories of Ethiopian Air three hundred two, and Lion Air six uh, mm. flight six ten. Let me make sure those are Perfect. right. Yep. Okay. So, I. It is. It is such a tragedy. I mean, obviously, all the all of the things that we talk about here are pretty much tragedy, but this one is just—I don't know. Oh, I think that like one of the things we've talked about is how normally these stories have like virtually always it's exactly all heroes. Yeah. There's no bad guy. There's people like heroically trying to save themselves and everyone on the plane yeah. and everyone on the ground against like a essentially yeah. a force of nature right weather or or malfunction or whatever and this you still have that in inside both aircraft yeah. it's all heroes yeah people who like fought desperately and tried to keep everyone and themselves alive but then you have all of these yeah. very bad guys yeah over at boeing and so to me this is the thing i'm going to tell you right now so the air the um the eight, the seven three seven Max is flying again. Currently, right? yeah, is which is very so recent. I, I think most of us, I think most, of, very recent. I think I think everybody will remember they grounded the all of them, so they were ordered. Um, the the governments all over the world ordered. Um, air, uh, no, wow, you're sorry, fine. my brain. <laughs> See, yeah, I only have so much time for this, I guess. Yeah. So governments across the world 
ordered um, airlines to stop flying them. They had to ground all of them. And that's a big deal. And Boeing initially thought it would only be like a month. And it ended up being over a year. And really almost two years. Yeah. And I think I will say this. I would fly on one. I'm just going to say that. I would. Because I think that this is the mo- is now the most scrutinized plane yeah. imaginable. Yeah. Like, over the last, you know, two years, they have put everyone through the ringer and all of the pilots were retrained. That is another key point. So they had to build yeah. a bunch of simulators and every pilot who's flying one now was recertified on it as if it was a new plane. So the the old problem that this was all always trying to fix, they ended up with it in the same. They ended up with it again. They didn't solve the problem. Wait. Sorry. <laughs> so the original problem they were trying to solve oh. was they didn't want they wanted it to be the same plane right nobody has to be retrained everyone can just walk from one old from an old 737 to this new 737 as part of recertifying it they had to build flight simulators and get every single pilot certified on it as if it was a new plane insanity yeah it's (sighs) it is sad i mean it's it's like i don't know it's it's so sad sad. and it's so selfish and it's so it just doesn't make sense it really doesn't and i know like i mean we've said this there obviously is more happening behind the scenes but i mean the fact that they thought it was just gonna be a quick fix it just shows like you don't i don't know money is not worth it it's just not like i don't care who you are i don't care if you're the president of the united states i don't care if you're ceo of boeing it's just not it's not worth it and it's never going to be worth it right and right i they from at least from what i have read it looks like boeing did kind of uh get rid of a lot of people though in the executive but nobody went to jail and nobody essentially was responsible for this huge malfunction right and it's hard because so i don't know this but i think that part of the problem again was they made a promise they couldn't keep but then they had to keep that promise right so they tried to fix it yeah literally right if you lie you you tell a lie and then you have to like make it the truth so you have to keep doing like this or that or or trying to you know switch everything around or pretend something happened that didn't or you know tell a new lie in order to cover up that lie and you end up in catastrophe right you they promised a plane that didn't exist that they couldn't deliver and so they had to like oh well we'll just do this to fix it oh but that makes this problem oh we'll fix it this way oh well this makes this problem oh we'll we'll fix it this way And again, the thing is, like, we talk a lot about how every single time there's a plane crash, there's some action taken based on that. Every time a plane crashes, they try to figure out how to keep that from ever happening again. That's the plan. And so that, again, I cannot exaggerate how obsessed with safety aviation is. So to have something like this is inconceivable. It's a radical, intense betrayal of everyone's trust and of the pilot's trust. It's 
unfathomable. Yeah. I can't believe it happened. If you had told me three years ago this would happen, I would have said, like, no, it won't. No, they would they never would risk never lives that. like that. And here we are. Right. And even now, I mean, right. <laughs> well, the thing that um, I was laughing about Ryan Air was Ryan Air out of out of anybody did this press conference and was saying that they bought, you know, an absurd amount. And I'm just thinking, how are you paying for this? <laughs> like, wait, Ryanair bought a bunch yes. of seven three seven Maxes. Yeah, and I'm just what? like, what? Ryanair. Maybe they're on like super discount. So we'll get like, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Honestly, they might be. You might be able to get like used ones, like you, because usually like planes, most of the planes you've been on were probably bought and sold by other airlines, right? It's pretty unusual yeah. to be on a brand new plane. So they probably because these planes had to just sit in in deserts for two years. Like that's what they do with planes. Jeez. They need to park them somewhere. So every single one of these was grounded. So there are, if you look it up, like plane <laughs> graveyards or whatever. There's literally thousands of aircraft just really? sitting in the desert. It's kind of cool. Go to one. Yeah, I want to go to one so bad. But oh, yeah. I would love to. Do you think we can pull off pretending 100%. to be in the market for a plane? Oh, we yeah. can interview the people we have a podcast. Who run it for podcast. I think it's pretty legit. We, can... we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I... Listen. Listen. There you we'll go. make it a video because that'll be more, branch more enjoyable to listen to, probably, if you can see. I'm into it. If anyone Hook knows anyone, Hook us up. help us make it happen. Email yeah. us. <laughs> but. So, Casey, we have a listener question. Uh, listener question from Katie yes. Owen. Katie Owen, thanks for listening. Shout out. Um, Katie Owen. Katie Owen would like to know, Casey, how did you get involved or what uh, sparks your interest about flying or aviation in general? So... I definitely didn't care about aviation at all. Not at all. Uh, I loved to be in different places. So I really like to, I like the experience of flying. Flying was kind of, you know, as much as anybody, it's exciting to get on a plane when you're a kid and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but really I liked to travel and I had the, you know, absolute privilege of getting to do a really decent amount of traveling um, in my life. And so after my last like big trip overseas where I, you know, was flying um, quite a bit, I came back and I wanted to work for an airline because I had a friend who worked on the ramp in Buffalo for Delta and he got to fly wherever he wanted because if you work for the airline, <laughs> you get to non-rev. So, <laughs> so I started working at the airline strictly because I wanted the ability to fly on it uh, I got married a week before I started working there so my husband could fly um yeah I was gonna say we, we he didn't get, married, get married, married for the flight just get married for that reason <laughs> but, no 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 yeah. no yeah. it's a sweet deal people it. do that but um my parents could fly yeah, yeah seriously? Oh, we should have gotten married you could have flown but um I think that Oh, I don't know but I think like exes can oh. fly if you have a kid in common or oh. something so we could have gotten 
married and Perfect. adopted Ty. But then, then Ty and I would have had to gotten yeah, dang it. had to have um gotten divorced. But I mean it's all for the non rev flights, so hashtag it's all for the non rev yeah. <laughs> so so I started working in aviation and I think that I don't I guess it's just seeing how everyone's just at work. I think that was the like hypnotic part about it or the part that just made me so interested was like pilots and cabin crews are just yeah, yeah. at work. You know what I mean? I, they're normal people. And so then when I was flying a lot and kind of in touch with how normal pilots are and how normal everybody on board the plane is, everyone who works in the industry is, I just wanted to know more about plane crashes. I wanted to know more about what it's yeah. like when things go wrong. And I, I, maybe it's similar to how people get involved in crew, uh, how in, people get interested mm, yeah. in true crime where like you get yeah. curious about what can go wrong. And so I just, I, I remember the first time I really watched something about a uh, plane crash was like, I was flying to, between New York and Buffalo and I like found my, my favorite plane crash. That's not a horrible thing to say. <laughs> and I just, started reading about it and it was just so intense and mm. human and tragic and fascinating and heroic and yeah. I, I don't know yeah i know i think you're enough. absolutely right it does spark that uh true crime sensor in your brain yeah. well i mean we used to yeah. we used to live you want to know about back in the day like a while a long time Good ago days. um I don't believe it. I'm <laughs> pretty sure it was recent. Um, <laughs> um, and I remember you coming home with just riveting stories. I mean, truthfully, just like you will never believe the day that I had of trying to get a plane out in like <laughs> 1.2 seconds and oh. the snow and the icing the plane and, right. you know, people messing up the ramp. Like just, oh, it's, right. I mean, it's a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you, all of you, and all of us, and everyone <laughs> everywhere should appreciate yeah. everybody who has anything yeah. to do with aviation. Like, if anyone who touches it is like worthy of your respect, unless they're a jerk, and then obviously, you right, know, they're right. just a person, <laughs> so you can be mad, but <laughs> but it is just such a hard crazy yeah. high pressure job on top of being a customer service yeah. aspect of that job yeah yeah well you know what? I love you're a professional service. at it it's the best and good. worst part yeah <laughs> they did pay me to do it so but yeah right it's the best and worst part well it's just job. like all these it's other just... moving parts and then yeah. you have to talk to people who are generally pissed and pissy all the time but yeah yeah or like yeah, heartbroken exactly. Which is like, like pissed is the worst, but so sad. People who are just like, I don't know. Yeah. Like people, I don't know. There's like one guy who stands out my mind so much because he was like going, he was like a college student who was like a med school student. And so he hadn't been home. He lived in like this like remote oh. area in Brazil and he hadn't no. been home in like six years. 
and he had like saved up all of this money and like finally gotten enough time where you could go back and like visit home for like six days or something but it takes like three days to get there because you're going from buffalo to this remote area in brazil and then the flight was it was christmas time so everything's oversold and then his flight got canceled and it was like he could be there no. for like eight hours or something with the flight he was automatically re- rebooked on. And he was just like a puddle oh, of absolute God. grief. Like he was just so. <laughs> and there's like a, you know, a million other people you have to rebook. Right. But he, yeah. whatever, he was in line. He was the one in front of me. And like, oh, my God, I spent I really think it was two hours. I think I literally spent two hours like going through like oh. every possible scenario, trying to like get him any more time. And it was like, I don't know, we like chipped away at it until he had like he was supposed to have six days there, I think. And we got down to like amazing he could spend four days there. So it's still oh, my God. And he, <laughs> he took a picture with me. That was what was funny. He's like, can I take. He's like, can I take a picture? And yeah. I thought he wanted me to take a picture of him. And then I was like, sure. And then he like came around the desk and like put his arm around me and like took a picture. I mean, of you us. saved his life, and, though. I, know, I mean, just nice. like we both did long distance relationships, oh, and I mean, just baby. family. Like that's, I can't I even know. imagine six years. Brutal. That's insane. That's a I lot. Oh. I bet he is. I hope he's an awesome and doctor he now, wherever he is. Is a fan of airline is. travel because of you. Oh, maybe he so. will listen to this podcast story. the other thing yeah yes oh my gosh call me if you do send me an email our email address is yes. the podcrashed at gmail.com. we will have you on this podcast love to hear how things went for you yeah yeah 100 percent. it'd be fun to hear you never get to hear yeah. other people's yeah exactly memory of something, exactly right like that so it'd be really so fun well thanks but... for sharing thanks for telling endless those stories yeah i love I love storytelling. Yeah. Chaotic. Yeah. This one to me is like so sad. <laughs> it's just too sad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I I it's it's sad in a different way because again, it's it is sad the way that like yeah. murder is sadder than like right. a natural right. disaster or something. Like having somebody I mean, having somebody like again i know i keep saying it but like everybody trusted boeing i mean and because they essentially were a trustworthy company right and i think they can be trustworthy again i i i don't want to like be a corporate shell please be i'm just kidding (laughs) like not (laughs) yeah yeah but i i do think that I think that I don't think I hope this will not. happen again. And I think I the difference now is I think the like it's it and you you said this but like it's been examined so many times now and it's been under such scrutiny right. that it would obviously right. be a shame for the lives if it happened again. It's like inexcusable oh. if it happens again to me. Like Boeing is done. I think if it happens again, yeah. that I, I think that'd be the end. Yeah. Which I'm just gonna say, no. like, you don't want that as like a side thing. Like you don't want that because again, yeah. that leaves just Airbus, really. You know, there's other people we can see if uh Yes, Lockheed we need wants those. to get back the in the Tesla game. Of the sky. But, 
those yeah listen. exactly it's that's a what fact, we need Mariah, but, or concord yeah. oh my god we'll call them concord. let's do it i want it so bad <laughs> oh, i can't describe it we'll talk more about that though Perfect. that's a whole other story so well thanks I love you. I guess we can we can leave this. Yeah, perfect. Um, Great. Oh yeah, Great this ending. will be the end. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love you. All right. I love you. Um, and then wait. Sorry, we were gonna talk about telling yes. people. Do to you want to do that? Do you want me to do that? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You you we'll lead. It you lead it. <laughs> so. Okay. So, every <laughs> single thing you've ever heard, ever every video, every top podcast every book every tv show everything that you've ever seen ever that was made by somebody asks you to like and subscribe and tell your friends and share and like they say like do all the stuff like you know the drill like whatever comment whatever (laughs) okay listen to me we need you to actually tell just one person about this podcast that's all that's your homework for this week just one person right tell another human being about this podcast and you'll be a junior member and we're going to turn this into an mlm (laughs) if you tell four friends then you're you're ruby diamond in three months the whole world will be listening to our podcast exactly because those four friends will tell four of their friends you know how it goes will tell four of their friends and then it's it's infinite growth amazing it's a funnel it's a pyramid whatever it is that's what we need so all of you dear listeners yes spare a thought yeah <laughs> for us and yeah. just tell you can listen to the new this. episode with somebody and you can oh, yes can. but listen to yeah. it twice make they play it on their phone and like yeah. mute it and then you play exactly. it on your phone we need but both on speaker <laughs> we do is this we shameless groveling yet or <laughs> Oh, so shameless. So shameless. No, I mean the truth is, is this is just Yeah, no, it really really is. fun. It really and is fun. We, yeah, we like And doing as it. always, if you have any suggestions, and please shoot them our so, way. We are open. Yeah, literally oh anything. Gosh, literally anything. Is sending us any the joy yeah. I feel in my heart when we get an yeah. email from this at this email address, which is by the yeah. way, the podcast. We just we just we have a new logo and that we're gonna be putting out. Surprise. <gasps> We do. Amazing. We do. We do. Yeah. Oh, it looks it's yeah. so yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, it's so pretty good. <laughs> You'll see. The logo was a bit uh, of a thing, but we're happy with it. We're happy with it now. Yeah, uh, it was. It was a journey. It was a journey. And it was made by a truly yes. Yes. wonderful artist. Love him. Only respect to him. But, yeah. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for, for telling your friends. Thanks for telling me the story, Case. Thank you, Mariah. Thanks, everybody. Yep. <laughs> all right. Love you. Thanks. Gratitude Happy New Year. All around. Okay. Happy New no. Year. This will not come out before. Yeah, after. it will. This will be, it'll be the New Year. Yeah. But, but to Happy you, Year, I'll edit it out. Happy New Year, Mariah. I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Pod Crashed. Uh, There is actually a part two to this one that's going to be coming out shortly. Maybe it's already out by the time you're hearing this. Um, That part two is pure discussion. We don't um, re-describe the crashes in any detail. Um, You might find it fun. We talk about more details of the case against Boeing, uh, the regulation, everything like that. 
Uh, so check that out uh, whenever it's available. Um, as always, uh, we want to thank you so, so much for listening. This episode is dedicated to those who lost their lives on Lion Air Flight 610 and Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302. And to the memory of them that their loved ones and families hold. Uh, let us know if you want to fly on the Boeing 737 MAX. Let us know if you just want to have a chat. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We do have a really fun collaboration coming up um, next week. Uh, we had an awesome conversation about uh, British Airways 9, Speedbird 9, with Aaron from Mini Air Crash Investigations. You can find him on YouTube. Check out his channel. Just don't watch the Speedbird 9 episode, otherwise it'll be spoiled for you. So watch that one after you uh, listen to the conversation we recorded next week. Hope you're well. Thanks for listening.